0: Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Before we get into today's show, I have to ask you a question. Have you tried booking big name guests for your podcast, your YouTube channel, virtual summit, blog, or other content that you have, but you're just getting lost in email hell, being locked out by gatekeepers and unable to confirm a solid date? Or maybe you want to bring more attention to your content or your business by being a guest in other people's shows, but you're just not sure how to formulate your pitch or get a hold of the right hosts? Trust me, as a top 25 business podcaster, I've been through it all too. And that is exactly the reason that I created Guestio. Guestio is an all-in-one tool dedicated to helping you streamline your guesting workflow and grow your audience through finding, booking, and managing the top-tier guests and shows that you actually want. Discover new guests and platforms, schedule interviews on your booking calendar, communicate seamlessly with our built-in messaging system, download an easily shareable press kit complete with bio, headshots, links, and anything else that you might need for your creation process, and manage all of that from one easy to use dashboard. That's right. You can book guests like Manny Pacquiao, Jordan Harbinger, Lori Harder, Brandon Turner, and many, many others without ever leaving Guestio. So if you are tired of being rejected and ignored by top guests and platforms and sick of using 12 tools just to manage your interview workflow, then you're going to want to head over to Guestio.com right now to sign up for your free account and start using Guestio today. That's Guestio.com, G-U-E-S-T-O. IO.com. It's time to build your network with Guestio. And now let's get back to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. My name is Eric and I'm Travis's producer. And on this episode, we're talking about the power of the pivot. Knowing when to change, when to make course corrections in your career, and how to choose which option is going to be best for you and your growth. First up to talk about this is Adam Markle, a speaker, author, and host of the Conscious Pivot podcast. Next up is John Maxwell, New York Times bestselling author, coach, and speaker. And lastly is Tommy Laren, Fox News contributor and the youngest political talk show host in history. I'm so excited for this episode, and I know there's a lot of amazing takeaways, so be sure to listen all the way through. If you enjoy the episode, take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag Travis at Travis Chapel. All right, guys, enjoy the episode.
1: I really believe that your generation is much more empowered at this point to to make those decisions. You know, this isn't working, and uh, and I'm miserable, or I don't want to be miserable. This is not my my calling, my my purpose, all that kind of thing. I think you guys are more ready to make those decisions, or at least have those awarenesses much earlier than my generation, or you know, some some folks that are older than than me. Even, I think we were brought up not really appreciating or understanding or aware of the fact that there were the options hmm. that, that you could actually say no to things. Yeah. Um, because you could get into a profession and you go, well, okay, this is what I chose. You know, I'm, I gotta stick it out, man. I, you know, this is, <laughs> this is the road, this is the road I'm on, or this is the bed I made and all that kind of stuff. And there's sort of like this, uh, uh, these, these points that you get for, uh, for, for, not, not uh, quitting something or for just sticking it out, et cetera. And so, yeah, I mean, I grew up with teachers in part, I'd say the teaching profession is, is rich with people who don't love what they do. And I know that sounds awful, but it's been my experience that there's a lot of people teaching kids, uh, not so much elementary school, but middle and, and high school. There's some really burned out teachers, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and they are, are in a system which, of course, they're there. They're locked in. They've got pensions and they've got tenure and stuff. And I was a teacher. I, sp- I spent – so I'm not talking completely out of my, my rear end here. Right. I spent two years as a middle school English teacher. My wife was 17 years as a um, – an elementary ed teacher, and the system is terrible. They pay teachers too little. I mean, the whole thing kind of sucks in in so many ways. And yet, um, there's there's also this this idea that somehow once you're in it, you're trapped. And a lot of the teachers, when I started, so I, I was in for two years, as I said, and, and teachers, other teachers were saying to me, "Hey, Adam, you're not an ed. You know, you don't have an ed degree." So I was teaching in the city of New York, and um, they'd they'd hire anybody with a degree. So if you had a bachelor's degree, you could get a job teaching for, for the city because okay. you know it was tough. Some of the neighborhoods, et cetera. So teachers were saying to me, "Get out, buddy! Get out! Like, <laughs> stop! Yeah. You know, like in the teachers' lounge. And back then they were smoking. There's a smoking lounge, and there's coffee and smoke. You know, and and uh, and cigarettes and stuff. So it's just awful, man. And they'd say you just need to leave this thing. You need to stop as soon as possible. You don't want to become like us. So in any event, I had, that was sort of my first pivot, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, where I consciously decided this isn't going to work. I'm going to do something else. And I went back to school, became a lawyer and did that until I realized that that was killing me. That was slowly killing me mm-hmm. to do yeah. something that my heart wasn't in. So in any event, I'm, I'm thinking that there there's something to the fact that, that your generation and and those that are coming along now are probably more empowered with information and opportunity or at least the idea that there's opportunity and options out there that they don't have to continue to do something that totally feels like it sucks
0: right right yeah
1: or that it's sucking the life out of them right yes. so th- like so many things in 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 the in life i believe it is the extremes that cause people pain. Mm-hmm. So the extreme of I'm working in something for three months and, you know, and, and I think Simon Sinek has, has, has um, perpetuated a little bit of the stereotype about millennials, which I don't buy into. I don't believe as well. Um, and uh, and I think there's a stereotype that the millennials might might be quick. To determine, you know, I don't think this is really my heart's desire, and I'm being obviously I'm being facetious now, but you know, this isn't really feeling great, and all this kind of stuff of uh, uh, where where they'll go. Yeah, I gotta I gotta stop, or I'm gonna leave, or. Yeah. Whatever, and and then there's this other so that's one extreme and it's a stereotype, and then there's this other extreme which is not so much a stereotype of some folks that grew up thinking uh, you keep one job forever and you retire and they take care of you in retirement mm-hmm. and all that kind yeah. of nonsense, which turned out to be a lie by totally, the way, totally, yeah. So I think a part of the reason why younger folks. Get that there's that there's something to consider here or to look at more more um, not so much skeptically but look at critically is that that lie has been, was perpetuated on their parents mm-hmm. and so a lot of these folks grew up seeing their parents lose their job after 25 years of service or or whatever it might have been 30 years of service and stuff mm-hmm. and they they lost their pension or didn't get a pension or you know whatever it was and didn't get the gold watch and couldn't retire and all. All the sort of the the mythical, you know, the unicorn of, of of what it would be like to work for a company from beginning to end and and be able to live out your retirement in comfort. There's just a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of evidence to the fact that that was that was BS yeah. BS right story. So I think that's the thing. That's the lens. Part of the lens we have to look at pivoting through making yeah. change. And and obviously for folks that are interested in what's What's this really about? How is it that you you recognize whether you're in a pivot mm-hmm. or a pivot is coming? Or you know what is the process for pivoting? That's what's in the book. You know the the book was written for our kids. I mean, when I started to write the book, I told my wife, I said, I I want there to be some sort of a guidebook for our four kids that yes. when they were uncertain of their path in in mm-hmm. their profession or their career or their or their life even, that they had something to go on. And and I guess who better you know, at that point? I didn't mm-hmm. figure it was a big ego thing for me to write about <laughs> kids, right? I just wanted them to know I was in pain and how I you know was that I was suffering mm-hmm. and what did I do about it so that I actually created something entirely new. I well, pivoted and created you know something new and and that's how the book was was originally birthed was for them. And then my oldest daughter said, "Dad, this is for." This is for everybody, and that's how it. <laughs> okay. That's how it started to be. Yeah, forever. and I really like that you use the
0: word "when" there, like when they come to a point where they're just unsure about what's happening, instead of an "if," um, because, like you were saying, I think our culture just demands almost too much of a teenager to, you know, say what are you going to do when you grow up, type thing. But it's it's not just an ideal; it's just kind of an idea. It's just like a. No, we need to know because now you got to declare your major. Like you're in college now, you're 18, <laughs> like tell me what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Like ready go, you know, and it's like whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> I haven't tried anything. I haven't done anything. Like how do I know? And like what you're saying is exactly I feel like the blueprint that a lot of people go through is like you go out, you become a teacher, you realize it's not for you. Then you go back to school, then you become a lawyer, and then you do that and you realize it's not for you again. <laughs> and then you go it's like there's just so many different you know, it's, it's just such a big trial and error. i very, very, very rarely does anybody actually go to college for one specific thing, go out, do that exact thing and stay doing it throughout their entire career. So, um, that's uh, definitely some of the stuff that I wanted to kind of get into to help people realize like, look, just have some patience, especially if you are in my shoes, if you're in your, in your twenties or early thirties or something like that, like we have time, don't feel like we got to figure everything out right now. Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. You have
2: to be very flexible. You have to be very agile. And, and uh, you know, the greatest success for tomorrow is, is, is having success today because you want to hold it. You don't want to change. And this book is all about how to make changes, how to make shifts hmm. as a leader that will allow you to uh, not only uh, strengthen your leadership but to sustain your leadership. It, it keeps you in the game. I was being interviewed, Travis, and somebody asked me I said, John, you've been in the leadership game a long time, and why is that? I said, well, it's because I realized that th- th- it's not it's not the same game. Hmm. It's kind of like baseball. baseball it, it has the same rules, but it's not the same game. I mean, you, you know you don't you don't the second day, expect the guys that got the hit last game to get the same hits this time. It's it's, right. it's it's called baseball, but it's a different game. And you've got to you've got to be able to be flexible because this game, you know, Babe Ruth said it yesterday's home runs won't win today's games. I mean, mm. it just won't do it. So, so I, I thought I got to help people be quick and be agile and uh, move. You know, because leaders see more than others see, and they see before others see. Mm. So they see a bigger picture. But they see the picture faster, and, and because of that, they have a great advantage of helping people. But but if they're going to take that advantage, they've got to, they've got to move. I was doing a I was getting ready to speak for a company, so I was doing a pre-call before I went to speak for them to kind of you know get their mind and be able to serve them well. Mm-hmm. And they told me their theme was fast forward. And they asked me, "What do you think of that theme?" Well, I said, "Well, the word fast to me is fast is faster, and uh, you know fast you know tomorrow is not slower, it's faster, you know." Anybody that says, "Well, I'm, I'm going to wait till everything settles down before I make a decision," they're just not going to make that decision. Right. Uh, and not only is fast, fast, faster, but forward is shorter. Yeah. Uh, when, when I started off as a leader, you know, my gosh, you could have a ten-year long-range plan and a five-year short or medium-range plan and a two-year short-range plan. Well, today, a, a two-year plan is is crazy long. You know, yeah, it, right. it, it's shorter four, four. so it, that since fast is faster and forward is shorter. That means that the, the, the best leaders are going to be the ones that are quick. Hmm. And uh, I was having dinner one night with Gail, Deaver, Gail Devers, who was a you know that great track athlete for the United States in Olympic history. In fact, I think Gail won more medals as a, a female track athlete than any other person. And in fact, when I was I was having dinner with her, she had read some of my books and she wanted to have a conversation with me. So her and her husband were I has having dinner with her in Atlanta. And uh, we we had a great conversation. In fact, she was getting ready to try out for her fourth Olympic. She was running races and tryouts against girls that were young enough to be her daughter. And uh, so we're coming to the end of the conversation. I thought I'd have some fun. I said, Gail, I said, i thought about it throughout the whole meal. I think if you and I ran a hundred yard dash, I I think I could win. (laughs) And you oh, Travis, she got this look, she got this look on her face and she looked at Her husband and said, "Did you hear that?" You know, and, she's looking, and so she's looking back at me, and you know, here's this you know, Pillsbury Doughboy on the other side of the table saying he can beat this well-honed athlete in a hundred-yard race. I mean, I got her to the place where she's ready to kick off her heels, take me outside, and we're going to run a block. You know, she's going <laughs> to she she, she she was going to show me, and so I said, before we go out and race, I said, let me just say this: I I really do know, not think I do know. I could I could win a hundred-yard race with you. If I had an 80-yard head start. If I had an 80-yard <laughs> 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 yeah, She started laughing. By the way, Travis, I, I really wanted to say 70 yards, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure I could pull that off with 70 yards. <laughs> <But, laughs> right. But, right. I, but 80, I said, even this fat boy can get across that line before she gets there. And, of course, then she started laughing. And she said, well, of course, you know, of course you can win the race if you have an 80-yard head start. And, and here's the whole principle. It's very simple its it's not how fast you are it's how how quickly you start hmm. and and this book is all about understanding that in our culture you have to be very agile you've got to you've got to be able to make some ch- changes you've got to make shifts in your leadership and you've got to be on the front end if you're not on the front end you're not leading you're the follower so I look back at I look back at shifts that I had to make changes I had to make in my leadership to strengthen and sustain it and, and I wrote about it and uh, I think the reader is going to find it incredibly fascinating and h- highly applicable. I, I think they're going to look and say, Wow, that makes sense to me. I've got to make that shift too. But I not only talk to them about you know making it, but I, I really work hard on helping them make it so that they can do it well.
3: I have to respect you to respect what you say about me. Mm. If you're calling me a nasty name, if you're calling me outside of my name, if you're labeling me something that I'm not, it doesn't affect me because I know who I am. And I think if more people had that confidence in themselves, then they wouldn't worry about validation from everybody else all the time. Young people now, especially with social media, they are so worried about their likes, their comments, their retweets, their views, That is where they get the validation. And if someone says just one thing mean about them, they could say a 100 nice things, but that one person that says that one mean thing can just completely devastate them. And that's not freedom to me. Freedom to me is being able to look at it, take the good with the bad, not let my head swell when people say great things, and not let me be completely shattered when people say horrible things. There's a balance there that I've been able to find through doing this for several years and having... Several moments of controversy along the way. uh,
0: Props to you. Yeah, (laughs) props to you for keeping a level head the majority of the time because I feel like I would lose it on some people with some of the things that they say. But anyway, okay, so you have the first one that goes viral. um, And then now the blaze just reaches out to you out of the blue. Uh, Like, how did you... Feel about that, knowing that they just turned you down for an internship, like a year <laughs> well, in the two. Well, I was going to
3: work for free, and now you're going to pay me. So I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> it was pretty was it like
0: a like ha like a justifying yeah. moment what, of. It was a little yeah. bit.
3: It was just I think this is the next step, and yeah. this is the is a new opportunity, and like this you is can't again, ignore me any longer. Like. Yeah, and it was just like they I was wanted, and you know people took notice of what I was doing, and it was a new challenge, and I always like new challenges. Anytime something. Uh, I would rather go in and build something, like I've said, from the ground up, than to walk into something that's already built. I think that there's something exciting about that. So that was the next opportunity to build my own show again, and that's exciting. It's going to take a lot of work, but I found that next peak. It's like, okay, now I know the next thing I want to do, and I feel peace with that. I feel peace in knowing what's the next thing I need to work hard at.
0: So you were only at One America for a year before? A little over a year, Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So you were there for a year, then you... Jump at the opportunity to do this thing that really was essentially your dream job, right? To to work at the Blaze, like with Glenn Beck, and do well, all that let's kind be of clear, stuff. the
3: dream job is always Fox News. Okay. But yes, that was Got the it. next step in the progression because I knew that I wasn't going to jump here yet. Yeah, I knew that I needed more training. and Another more stepping growth. stone. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I I enjoyed the fact that this was the next, and I didn't. I never looked at the Blaze as a stepping stone. I think that people also get caught up in that where they're like. That same thing, like this isn't where I want to be. That's where I want to be, but this is going to get me there. No, everything I go into, I go into really for the long haul. I'm going to do it until, and I'm going to do it until I've reached the potential I can reach there, and I need to do something else challenging. I never look at something as just like, oh, well, this is just going to get me to this place. It's no, this is this is where I'm going to be until I hit the ceiling, yeah. and then the, where's the next ceiling? But that was uh, where I was, and I was in the midst of the 2016 election. So it was really exciting for this industry. And I was really able to, again, chart a course that was interesting and new, and it was fun. It was like, one of the funnest times was during that election.
0: Yeah, what are some of like, the biggest lessons that you learned during that time? Like, has there ever been a time where you put something out and you're like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way, or maybe I shouldn't have done it that way, but you know, I, the, the message still ring, rings true, mm-hmm. but maybe I should have like, gone about it a different way. Are there any big lessons or takeaways that you had from that time period?
3: I think we always have to learn, and there are times now even where there's something that I want to say or I want to tweet and I have to kind of hold myself back a little bit and think, is this worth the backlash it's going to get? Not that I don't mean it, but is it worth the backlash? Is it worth disrupting my peace right now to say it? And if it's not, I don't say it.
0: Well, that's it for today's episode. If you want to connect with me and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapelcom group to join my free Facebook group, The Lounge. I'll see you over there and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.